Welcome back to a tall glass of podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. It's been a little bit of a hiatus, but we are back. We need some R and R to collect our thoughts and to really just relax so we can come back refreshed, better than ever. I'm joined as always by Jim. Jim, what's up, dude? Oh, you know, just uh, excited to be back. Excited to see your handsome face on the Zoom call and uh, mm-hmm. ready to get it started. Ready to get it going. Let's do what are you it. drinking, dude? What are you drinking? I'm on Yingling number two right now. Um, oh, wow. One of those kind of nights. America's oldest brewery. Got my Ohio yep. State koozie. What about you? I'm actually drinking an Irish coffee. Oh. With a little bit of, I was feeling a little sluggish. Uh, Need a little kick. Hard, hard day at work here in the blue collar world. Um, and uh, yeah, I need a little wake me up. I put a little bit of uh, bullet bourbon in here. Actually, I guess as an Irish coffee, it's supposed to have like an Irish whiskey. I, didn't do that. <laughs> I don't have any of that. So I put bullet bourbon, American, uh, with some Baileys. So kind of be, a marriage yeah. of the two cultures together, which is kind of. I'm a marriage of, well, not really. I, oh, I guess I am. I'm American. I don't know what I'm saying. My mom's Native American. My dad's Irish. So it's kind of the same. Kind of the same you need to get a, one of those uh, 23andMe tests and figure it out. Mm. I heard. Then they, dude, then the government has your blood. I know, and dude. Then I know. They can sequence the, you. Kill, and the yeah. problem is if you killed a bunch of people in the 60s, they'll find out about it way <laughs> down the road. And you don't want that. Listen, if the Golden State Killer got away with it for that long. Don't ruin him, it. Should we yeah. really put him in jail? Or should we be like, once they caught him, they should have brought him in and be like, you got us, dude. You got us. Bravo. Bravo. But uh, he got, he must have felt so good. Like he got away with it forever. And you, you don't do those 20, folks out there, do not do those, those, pub, those public service announcements or not in public service announcements. Don't do those blood tests because they're going to, they're going to put you on record and they'll have it forever. I think you drastically overestimate the uh, competence of the government. But... Well, I know that they're willing to use my taxpayer dollars to buy all that data from these organizations that did the hard work getting all this information. So <laughs> they'll fucking do it. Yeah. And then you're in big trouble. But we know that giving your blood to the government is a form of a risk. It's a risk. And that's, that's what this episode is going to be about folks. It's going to be about risks and risk taking, you know, me and Jim, we're not too old. We, we haven't been on this, on this revolving rock for all that long. Uh, so we might not be the experts when it comes to risky behavior and the risks we take, but we've taken a few and we want to talk to you guys about them. It's, uh, it's something that's very much a part of all of our lives, uh, no matter who you are, no matter what you do. And, um, you know, I think it's important. Here's a quote, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Jim. That Gandhi. What does that say to you? I don't know. It's a French <laughs> proverb. It's, I don't think it's attributed to anybody specifically, but Jim, what does that say to you? Oh, I think, you know, back to episode one of this podcast, I think the, the biggest um, growth points, at least from my life have been when I've, you know, 
set my my goals high and, and taken a risk that um you know there was a, a serious opportunity for failure in and mm-hmm. um that's not to say that i've only ever succeeded and never failed quite you know quite the opposite but um you have to risk the comforts and the and the, the things you have right now to grow and to develop and to um, succeed going forward complacency and just getting comfortable with where you're at leads to, you know, things that I don't think anyone should strive for. So, um, you have to be willing to continue to push yourself. It doesn't have to be professionally, right? Like I think that that's in American society, that's a big like undertone, like, Oh, you got to keep pushing professionally. Maybe not. Maybe you're comfortable with where you're at in your career. And, you know, you don't want to necessarily keep climbing a a ladder and and a job, but maybe you want to, you know, take some risks in your personal life and your, you know, um, health and fitness or in your family or, or whatever things that, you know, come with inherent potential, loss or damage or failure, but also the opportunity for growth and success is, is there. So, yeah, no, for sure. I think, uh, I think it should be just something you should always cultivate as part of your personality. So it doesn't have to be specific. Like you said, to like a career, it should just be something to where like any, any situation you approach in any aspect you know, what, what is there, is there a, is there a risk worth taking in this situation? Um, in any situation, I think it is, is very American. Um, and I think, go ahead. I I think like one of the best, best risk or like bets you can make is on yourself. And I don't think people do that enough. They won't, bet on themselves in a situation to come out on top, you know, like for say they're deciding whether or not to take a risk. And that risk involves them having to perform in a certain situation. People are very hesitant to do that. And I don't think you have to be, I think you should be confident in yourself and your abilities and, you know, stretch yourself and understand and have confidence in your, in your ability to, perform under pressure or in a situation that may be foreign to you. So, um, yeah, I think, I think people are so risky in like financial situations, right? Like the stock market right now is like tumbling and all these people that decided to like invest in super speculative, super risky portfolios, whether it's crypto or tech, you know, purely tech stocks are getting hammered and it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like you risk the stable coins, like risk. (laughs) that was a huge risk you took that you had no control over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they won't like take a risk on themselves. Like maybe I should take this new job that I don't maybe know much about, but you know, that that comes down to whether or not you believe in yourself. Cause a lot of these people making these like speculative buys and stuff like that, like they're, they're hearing other people talking in their ears. But yeah, it's a good point. You talking to yourself, and I listen. I struggle sometimes with um, self esteem. I won't. I won't deny it. And yeah, sometimes you're like, "Fuck, man! If anyone's gonna fuck this up, it's gonna be me. I don't have the chops for it." But if someone's whispering in your ear and be like, "Oh, fuck," you know, yeah, you could do it. It's, it helps to reinforce that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good point. 
Yeah, I'm reminded of a story from our childhood. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty ballsy risk. It was uh, many, many years ago. We were at a little party, and one of our cousins, I believe, a communion party, first communion. Probably, I mean, it we had like thirty of those. So, yeah, yes. So they all kind of blend into each other. But <laughs> one of our cousins, who will remain nameless, uh, seemed to always fucking fuck things up. He was that kid. He was that kid that punted the football. You know, yeah. when everyone's throwing it around, it's, he's got to punt it. <laughs> It's funny you say that because we were playing kickball, I think, and um, we were. This this cousin takes the ball and just yeets it. Well, he wasn't up to even kick. He was just no. like playing defense, and it like yep. someone kicked a foul ball, and he ran it down, and instead of you know tossing it back to the pitcher, he, he just probably, like he probably kicked it. it like I get I see him in my mind's eye kicking it like behind himself. Like kicking it so high, it went so oh, high yeah. in the air. It, it went, went, went back. It yep. was facing the opposite direction. Correct. And it landed onto a two-story commercial flat roof. Correct. And uh, and it was my kickball that I had just gotten the, for my birthday. The, and it was the only kickball. That and I had. was extremely upset. Jim Not only that we could no longer play kickball, but that. My kickball was kicked by like that nameless cousin onto a roof. <laughs> so. so we uh, we did a quick survey of the building. Uh, it was closed because it was a Sunday, First Communion. And so obviously it wasn't open. And uh, not that they would let a bunch of eight-year-old kids <laughs> yeah. onto the roof to retrieve their kickball, even if they were. And we did find on the side of the building an antenna that came halfway down the building yeah like a pole like a metal pole wrapped around a bunch of wiring yes. basically yeah yes and i i'm three years older than jim and i'm like i'm not fucking climbing up the antenna that's not safe and uh but jim was like hey you guys boost me up there well yeah i think the antenna, antenna started like maybe 12 feet up so i think we got like a we got a bench. We got a bench. We slid a bench. We slid a bench. And then we're a couple a of the older like, cousins stood on we're it. Like 11, 12, 13. I think I was like nine. Yeah. So that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So we, we, we slid the bench into place. Two people stood on top of that bench. Then to hoist you up. Correct. I mean, we're, I don't know. We're pretty high up there. Pretty high. Yeah. Probably seven, seven, eight feet. And, uh, and then, and then they picked me up. I grabbed the antenna and I climbed the antenna for like another, I don't know, six, seven feet. Ballsy. Did you get your kickball back? I got the kickball back. I could have gotten the kickball back. Coming down was a little, little, you know, a little sketchy. I feel like, yeah, I feel like going up. Sure. I don't know why. <laughs> I remember it like being, feeling really smooth, but then coming down and uh, one of our aunts happened to. <laughs> she us did. She saw us. Squawking at me from from down she, below. No, 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 no. What I remember, she looked and was like, "This is none of my fucking business," and just like walked away. <laughs> I don't know. Is... I feel like I got yelled at because she told my parents about it. Well, no, I think she did tell your parents, but initially but didn't. she didn't yell at us. But she was like, "This is not my concern." Well, my kids like, aren't a part of this. Yeah, she was probably walking back and thinking in her head, like, "Do I even say anything?" Because I didn't say anything to them. Do I even say anything, or should I say something? I should probably say something and then said something, and then. 
I think Jim got a little bit of a punishment there, but I did the risk yeah. worth it. I think in my mind, not only getting your kickball back, but I looked at you differently that day. My like, street cred. That yeah. fucking guy, dude, he's going places. He's going to, He's gonna work for a large banking institute one day. I remember thinking that that day, like, kid, fucking kid's gonna work at, at middle to upper management in a bank. Um, <laughs> so, Jim, if I may, because that has a happy ending, I'd like to tell a quick story about how sometimes risk doesn't pay off. And you might have you might have seen this, but when I was um, when I was like ten, I decided I was gonna be in the talent show. Same <laughs> do you remember this i do were you there no well, i just i know the story the problem is i didn't have any really ta- any talents um but my dad was like hey you know what you should do you you take karate actually my dad was the instructor and he's like uh you should do a little a little display up there a karate display and of course 10 year old me was like that's a great idea like you know you know and uh it was called a kata was this fighting stand i did it with my sister actually up on listen this 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 sounds just as not cool as it as it actually was nothing nothing about this should have happened but i mean my sister did a synchronized kata in front of the whole student body at St. Leo's. Um, and then my dad said, you know what you should do for a grand finale? You know, really get them off their, off their asses. You should break a board in front of the entire student body. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he brought up the board. Or my, actually, I think, I think he had my mom bring it up. God, this story, it's making me cringe just telling it. But my mom brings up the board. I'm in my little karate gi. I think I was a blue belt at the time. And brings up the board. And I strike it with my elbow. Doesn't break. <laughs> I hit it again with my elbow. Doesn't break again. It's fucking dead quiet in this auditorium gym. I hit it the third time. And that's when the tears start coming. So <laughs> I guess what I'm trying, I never broke the board. I left the stage holding my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> see, you know, I, I saw glory. You see, yeah. I saw I saw the chance to walk tall amongst my peers, known as the man who can totally obliterate a half-inch thick board. I mean, could you imagine? People wouldn't look at me twice. I saw the payoff, but it did not pay off in the end. I fell a little short. I didn't break the board. Shortly after, I did change schools. It was unrelated. (laughs) We moved. (laughs) And I had to go back to school that Monday, and I was like, this sucks. Son of a bitch. (laughs) I'm like, do I tell him I have a twin brother? I don't know anything <laughs> about this. Oh my god, really? Uh, but at the end of the day, I have to look back on that and say, you know, when you see a kid with a broken arm 
I didn't break my arm, by the way. But I'm saying, if you see a kid with a cast in his arm or a, a boot, that's a kid living his life. That's a kid taking risks. That's a kid trying things he's never tried before. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing, man. That is a great thing, especially for kids. I think it's important when you're young to develop that personality. And I think it pays off as you get older in triplicate. You have to. You just have to take risks. So I remember – Sometimes you fail. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I just remember growing up, like, and I'll, I'll give my parents a lot of credit here. They they let me, whether they liked it or not, like, do things that were dangerous, whether it was, yeah. you know, organize sports or just be a boy and go, you know, instead of sliding down the slide at the local park jungle gym, like, jump off the top of it or climb up sure. around the side. Like, do yeah. things that, you know, and I remember... So many, so many parents and I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to try to project, but I just remember so many parents thinking like, like almost like telling me like, you need to stop. And like, my parents are right there and I'm like, they're, you know, I'm sure they don't love what I'm doing, but they understand the importance of it to who I am and like what what it's going to do for me long-term to not be fearful of things. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, no offense to those people, but I know where their like kids are these days. And I know like what I've been able to accomplish. And maybe part of that's just like, you're born with a certain DNA versus somebody else. But I think part of it also too, is just like, look, if you're sheltered and coddled and and not allowed to take risks and maybe break your arm um, as a child or do things that, you know, are going to be embarrassing um, if they don't work out, like, yeah, that dude. that's what makes you tough and that's what makes you you know Absolutely. stronger so um it's just crazy because apparently there's a lot of data out now that shows with like the pandemic and just where we are today as a society like certain metrics are way down which like would initially indicate really good trends mm-hmm. in like youth um teenage behavior like i guess like underage drinking like uh sex, um, drug use and fighting like in school fighting are like way down, which is, you know, on its face value, good. But some of the metrics that are way up are like loneliness, depression, mm-hmm. um, lack of like friends and belonging. So, th- and that sure, makes sure. sense, right? Like when you're not engaging in like, when you're engaging in less risky behavior, that tends to also be less, um, there's probably a trend between that and like socially active oh, yeah, sure, behavior sure, sure, and things sure. like that. So, sure. um, I just yeah, think like as a, a kid, those, like a that's the those... time to make, to fuck up and to do things yeah, no, like break your arm. You're not like, oh, you don't need to work the yes. next day and like right. to do things that are going to like damage you per se, but in the long run are going to teach you things. You know, that's a good point. A lot of those risky behaviors, um, that you mentioned ha- are usually done in a group. Mm-hmm. group of kids group of friends mm-hmm. you have a you have a pack now you you're, you have a conspiracy now right right that's the whole point of it like we were all we were all doing this god i mean i can't tell you how many times me and my cousins were involved in a conspiracy like something that happened that we knew about that we all shouldn't have been doing <laughs> none of us should have been there yeah and we're better for it. Our relationships are stronger because of it. I think that's, and, the, uh, you know, it, it, the, some of the first few times that I, I drank underage were in yeah. your basement, like the four of us. And like, yeah. we knew yeah. what we were doing. And 
uh, you know, maybe our parents knew to a certain degree or they didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, whatever. Yeah. I just remember that was like our thing. And it was like a safe yeah. environment for the most part, but we still were taking a risk by doing it. But like, that's where oh, yeah. we went from being just like, okay, childhood friends. to like, okay, now, you know, long-term we're forging relationships and bonds yeah. that are going to last a long time. And there's definitely some peer pressure there. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, drink up, buddy. Mm-hmm. It's your turn. But, um, you know, again, uh, and I think it, I think taking those risks and involving yourself with that type of behavior, and it doesn't have to just be underage drinking. We're not focusing on that, but doing any of that kind of stuff in your youth helps expand your, the, the spectrum of your, of your experiences, which is just going to help enrich you. I mean, you should have those experiences when you're, when you're 13, you can't go to Europe and visit fucking Rome and all these different places, but you can, live life to receive as the fullest and, 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 and have those experiences. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gotta bring yeah. it back. And you know? the world, the world like is always going to tell you. And when I say the world talking about critics or people that are in a position where their job is to stop you from doing risky behavior, the world's always going to tell you that like, okay, you should probably, you know, do this or do that and like listen to conventional wisdom or thought around things and like look like there's a time and place for that for sure and and mm-hmm. by no means am i saying that they don't know what they're talking about but you need to assess on an individual basis your and i think about a situation um my dad and i when, we, when i was moving to california we went to the grand canyon okay and it was like may time frame so it's pretty hot there and the Grand Canyon is different than most hikes where most hikes, you start at the bottom, you hike to the top and you come back down. Well, the Grand Canyon, cause it's a Canyon, you start stop, you go into the Canyon and you come back right. up. Right. And, um, you know, I, my, but my dad and I are both in great shape. Neither one yeah, of us yeah. is, you know, yeah. we're both extremely active physically. So yeah. we're like, we're going to go down, you know, basically as far as we can get in like a couple hours and then we're going to turn around and come back up. Right. And, um, there's like a, a specific point called like uh, something overlook. I think it's like skeleton overlook or something where like, if you're not camping at the bottom of the Canyon, if you're just doing a day hike up and back, you're not supposed to go past that point. It's not like a requirement, but like, look like they, and they say like, this is the last like really scenic overlook. Like everyone goes, the, people go down to this point. It takes like an hour and a half to get down there and they turn around and come back. Mm-hmm. We wanted to keep going. And we got stopped by these like two rangers, you know, and they're like, huh, how much water do you have on you? And like, you know, X amount of people died, you know, uh, this year doing this and blah, blah, blah. And like, by no means am I faulting them. They were doing their job. Like their job is to keep people from stupidly taking a, a bad risk when maybe they're out of shape or something, or, you know, they have no water, but like we assess the risk and we're like, no, like we, we set out to do this. So we went another you know, my hour down, which if you think about it, that adds a whole hour on the way up and it ended yeah, up working yeah, out yeah. completely fine. Like there's no like big, crazy ending to the story, except just, no, to say, sure. you know, we assessed the risk and we said, we're fine. And, um, you know, in a different situation, maybe I would have listened. Let's say if it was getting later, closer to dark or something, that's something maybe I'm not prepared to handle, but I knew we'd be okay. And um, yeah, that's a risk, I guess. But at the same time, I felt like, 
prepared to make that determination based on sure, my, like sure. physical fitness and just like confidence in my and my father's abilities. So and as an adult, you still feel confident doing that, which is good. It's good that you right. still have that attitude, you know? Right. Yeah. So I just think there's always going to be the reason I bring up that story is just to say there's always going to be people very well-intentioned, not yeah. trying to slow your ascent, just they're looking out for your, what they think is your best interest. And they're going to err on the side of caution. I just personally don't think that that's any way to live your life. Yeah. Well, this day and age with so many people being sued and companies being sued and government being sued and people being sued, like they have to like browbeat you with like, Hey, you know, if you don't feel like you're up to this, you should definitely not be doing it. Blah, 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 blah. But you know, I'm a, um, I'm a plumber. I know the people out there know that. And the, the most risk we ever get to that I ever get to now is like customers will ask me like, you do, you do this type of work. And I'll be like, yes. <laughs> I had a customer, uh, God, I hope they don't ever listen to this, but I had a customer a while back. Uh, they're like, you put in steamers, like a steam shower steamer. I'm like all the time, never put one into my life. And uh, I'm unpacking this thing that he bought, <laughs> a model that I recommended him buy too, that I know nothing about. I'm unpacking <laughs> it like, how the fuck do I put this thing in? I hope I, you know, we, uh, I, the, the people in the trades oftentimes, especially ones who own their own business, like, and I, I know this from people who I work with, like, uh, and that I've worked for, like people above me who have established companies, I've seen them do it all the time. Like something they know nothing about. They're like, yeah, absolutely. Not only do I do that, I'm one of the best guys you could have. Doing. I specialize in it. Yeah. I actually, it's actually all I do. <laughs> I only in steamers. That's funny you ask. I only, that's all I do all day. I love them. They're great. I have 10 in, in my one house. right now. Yeah. I, and I have a steamer off every room in my house. My whole house <laughs> looks like the rainforest. <laughs> but uh, I had a lady who was like, you put in fireplaces? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I fucking do. I did, and I'm really good at it. That one got a little scary because I'm like, I'll burn this bitch's house down. I really don't want to. I don't really don't want to take, take too many risks on that one. But um, uh, that was actually when I worked for another company. So if anything, their insurance would have to cover it. But um, fortune favors the bold. You know, you better believe that guy paid a lot of money for an unexperienced kid to put that steamer in. Let me tell you, who paid a ton of money because. You know, my, my feelings on a lot of that stuff is I know that other people in my trade, when they get that phone call, they're, they're going to say the, the same thing I initially was going to say. And that is, no, I don't fucking put those in. And I don't know anybody who does. I might've been his 20th call that day, but I said, yes, I said, sure. And, um, you know, so that's in, in my professional life, that's kind of what I, I run into and you expand your business and you take on stuff and you do things that you don't, you don't feel comfortable doing, you know, you're fucking sweating bullets. And I don't know about you. And this is kind of a side note. You ever notice that? I don't know if you get nervous or stressed to the point of where you're like sweating a little bit. No, I never have. Like maybe not sweating, but like you feel itch at least like, I can't explain it, but like when I'm stressed out, I, I get like an itch, like around my pits. This is getting really gross real quick, but, um, and uh, I don't know, but, it, but you feel like you're doing something. 
Like you feel like you're, you're, to me, I feel like I'm, I'm invoking a response that's like almost ancient to human beings, like a fight or flight kind of thing. Like fucking the chips are down. Right. I, gotta, I, I better get moving. This has to be done and it has to be done right. It's kind of motivating. I don't know. Yeah, it's like you're back just, against the wall type I of situation. Probably, and it's, it's a, it's it a invokes feeling. that like survival mechanism. Yes. 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 Which is rare to do anymore unless you, you're in the military or you're a fucking firefighter or something like that. But if you have a job where you are, um, you know, in a desk or you're a tradesman or something like that, when you have to make that jump, when you have to take that risk, it can really wake something up, I guess. That's to me, it's very primal. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. And I, I was thinking while you were talking, you asked me like any risks I've taken. And I, I was lucky in the sense that, you know, most of the stuff that um, we did on deployment was backstopped pretty heavily. Like they took the risk out of the equation for the most part. I mean, my guys were in some risk from time to time. Um, but for the most part, things were pretty sanitized. And um, most of the stuff that we were providing, there was other entities that needed to be involved before we targeted people. But I will say there were times where I had to make a recommendation to the commanding officer of the base, whether it was to boot a foreign national off the base that we thought maybe was a threat to, you know, he was working maybe in like the cleaning the toilets, but maybe we connected him mm. to like a terror cell mm -hmm. out in town. And, mm -hmm. oh, you know, that was a risk in the sense that um, yeah, I will no, say like the these, Iraqis, like most of them actually were hardworking people that just wanted to keep a very good job working on the base, working for the Americans. And they had stories about, you know, growing up during the Iraq war where they had like a positive, uh, you know, experience with American forces. And that's what made them want to, you know, work on this base and, you know, have a good job for the support their family. And that wasn't lost on me when I'm making these recommendations of like, well, we have 50% confidence that this guy might be tied to a terror group and therefore is a threat mm -hmm. to coalition forces. And, you know, what's the bar, right? Like is 10%. Okay. If you're all about protecting American forces, which that's really what we were, I mean, you know, it's probably as low as possible, even the slightest inkling of a connection to terror group or alarmist activity you're booted. But at the same time, like it wasn't lost on me that this person, this is like the best job they've probably ever had in terms of pay. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I may be like causing them to not only not be able to feed their family if they get fired from their job working on this base, but I also might be radicalizing them into hating Americans sure. now. And sure. then if they weren't already connected to a terror group, maybe now they are because they're like, all right, well, you know, fuck you type of thing. So, um, you know, that's just like one that came up at the top of my head. I mean, most no, of the sure. we did was pretty well backstopped. I will say there was not a whole ton of just unilateral authority for me or anyone to just be like, yeah, we got some information. This guy's ISIS. Let's kill him. Like there was right. more that went into it because we don't want to just be <laughs> killing people at random. That's how we ended right, up right, right, in a right. year fucking war because <laughs> you know, we did that kind of stuff, unfortunately. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, the biggest thing I can think of from, from growing up, a lot of the stuff, you know, is, you know, I, I signed up for a marathon two weeks prior to the marathon and ran it without any 
training and just decided I was going to mentally push myself through it. And, Did you know, you do this recently? no, this was in high school. This was a uh, senior oh, no high school, Cleveland marathon. Yeah. So just deciding put my mind to something and doing it. And, uh, you know, there's risk with that, I guess. Cause it was like a month before I was supposed to show up to the Naval Academy. So if I like, <laughs> got hurt, um, yeah. running 26 miles without training for it, that could be probably problematic, but, um, you know, it's kind of just the way I've liked to live my life. Like very, not, I wouldn't say impulsive is the right word, but just like, I mean, I've adopted three dogs. There's risk associated with that. You just, Fuck yeah, just kind of follow, you know, your, um, your gut, well. man. I, I mean, some people have better intuition than others, but just follow your, your gut. And, uh, yeah, but I think, I think the more decisions you make and the more risk you take, the more you get better at you recognizing know, right. stuff. So like, to me, like intuition is, can be something learned. I think I know I that, you know, you have that, that instinct or whatever they call it, but like, I think it can be learned. I think that the more risk you take, the more times you put yourself out there. And I'm saying that to myself, I don't always put myself out there, but um, I know I like to make people laugh a lot of times. And I've said things that have really put me in a bad position. <laughs> Okay. So I've witnessed maybe not career choice, but I've said things I've. They could like jeopardize relationship. People take it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm a social butterfly. That's all part of it, man. If you want to be social, part of it is ribbing. You say stuff that people don't like sometimes. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. Um, But again, it's at any facet of your life. Get out there, folks. And take the risks. It's important as a society that we do that and that we, we make those decisions because, you know, you never know what you're missing out on. That's the other thing, too. I mean, I think For it's – I also think it's, like, embedded in American values and way of life. Is. Like, it is American to take risks. The people that came here to this country were taking – well, to this – land to this continent before it was a country or inherently taking massive massive risk risk beyond anything we can fathom in today's society and what was the result of that the greatest experiment in you know government and uh human potential in the history of mankind um and i think it's just embedded in the dna and don't resist it you know um yeah i have a a couple of I have a couple of examples of people who uh, did not take risks. There's executives Mike Smith and Dick Rove of Decca Records passed on a boy band back in the 50s uh, because they thought guitar playing was going out of style. They Beatles. passed on this band. It was the fucking Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Page. Larry Page and Sergey Brin. Uh, were offered to buy a search engine company for $750,000. <laughs> well, first the company said they would sell it for a million. Sergey got them down to seven fifty, And then they still said, fuck yourself. Was it ask.com? It, was <laughs> it wasn't ask. It wasn't ask.com. It was Google. Uh, dude, did you know that um, Blockbuster? Yep. Amazon offered Blockbuster. Now Amazon's uh, stock is tanking, but before that, no Netflix, uh, Netflix. Netflix. I'm sorry, not yeah. Blockbuster, not Amazon. Blockbuster, Netflix offered to sell to Blockbuster, 
And Blockbuster, Blockbuster said, fuck you. Folks out, millennials out there, Blockbuster used to be a company that you would rent movies from. That's like Gen, store. I'd say like Gen Z. Millennials Gen Z, know what that is. Yeah. Know. Gen Z, it was a movie store that, and if your movie was late, they would charge you like $12 a day. Um, which was more than what it costed to rent the movie more, it was more than to buy the movie they made their money off of late fees. fees yeah late fees. and uh they always wanted you to rewind their movies and uh mm-hmm. i don't think they had a back room either i think it was it wasn't until family video came around that uh, the black the back curtain room came around but what do you mean um, by back room you don't remember the back room in the, in the video stores no you see a curtain what oh my gosh jim Blockbuster didn't have a back room. I don't think they did, but Family Video did. Remember Family Video? Mm -hmm. That's where we got Mortal Kombat at. (laughs) There's a room room in the back corner that has a curtain dividing it. And that's where they keep all the dirty movies. Oh, okay. You gotta rent your movies. I thought you meant a curtain behind the counter. No, it's the back room. It's where like an 80-year-old man would drive his Oldsmobile up to Family Video to get his, you know, Get his fix. Get his fix to pop into his (laughs) Panasonic VHS player. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh but you know, that's uh just goes to show you, even in the big business, people can be afraid to take risks. People can be afraid to to go for the goal. I mean, I'm sure it happens all the time. Well, and also too, like it's not risks aren't always clear, right? Like you don't know oh, that sure. you're it's a risk. You might just think it's just a bad decision, and then right. and and then down the road you're like, ah, you know. But if you can identify something as a potential risk, and you understand that there's benefit and and loss potentially associated yeah. with your decision, um, you know. It's worth like the business world's tough. I'm sure they ran some numbers and were like, nah, there's no, no way. No, I mean, sure. you know, but in your personal life, like this, this life is short. It's it's not say yes, say yes to everything. Say yes to everything. The other day I was working with a customer, and at the end of my job, and I was finishing up, and it was my last job of the day. My customer, who I don't know very well, older gentleman, it's like, hey, uh, we were close to the to the Port Clinton lighthouse. And he's like, Hey, you want to go see the lighthouse? And I could have been like, no, I don't fucking know you. I'm, <laughs> I want to go back home. I have an hour's drive back home. I'm fucking done, dude. Just pay me. But I'm like, you know what? Let's go see the fucking lighthouse, dude. So we went and saw a lighthouse. It was cool. Then after How'd that, you get there? Like, he drove me. So, <laughs> so from his house to the lighthouse from his, it was his summer home. Okay. No, no, we didn't drive an hour. That's that's fucking weird. Yeah. No, we, I was working at his summer house, which was like 15 minutes from the lighthouse. Again, it's so weird. I like, I don't know if any other company would be let jump at someone else's car and then go visit the lighthouse, but I did. Saw the lighthouse. It was cool. And then he was like, "Hey, uh, you know, there's a a cemetery from the Civil War over here, and uh, it's on an island. I didn't even know if you knew this. There used to be a prison from the Civil no War. No idea." Yeah. On an island right near fucking Port Clinton. It's called Johnson Island. Anyways, I'm like, sure, dude. Let's let's do it. Let's go see this fucking cemetery. So we went to the cemetery. Turned out being a Confederate cemetery. So I don't I don't know what I, I you know, uh, but it was cool. I'd never seen one before. Did he call them his comrades? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he didn't say much, but 
then after that, he was like, uh, hey, do you want to go? Uh, you want to, uh, there's a quarry over here. There's a rock quarry, like right over here. They, they take limestone out. It's pretty cool. You want to go see it? I'm like, dude, I guess, man. Sure. It's already been like two hours, but sure. Let's go see it. So we went and saw the quarry. Uh, and it was pretty, it was a pretty cool thing. It was, uh, it's an experience seeing all that different stuff. And then he asked me if, if I would help him murder his wife. And, uh, <laughs> I thought about it for a little bit. Well, you said and, say uh, yes to everything. So, and you know, it just, the pay wasn't there, I guess. Gotcha. So, didn't, gotcha. didn't go through with the murder, but uh, no, but yeah, I mean, the rest of that story was true. I don't know. It, I got to see some stuff I'd never seen before. I thought that was kind of cool. Say yes to everything, to everything. I think, uh, you know, even if it turns out shitty, like it's still a story to tell. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Dude, I any agree. final words and, uh, for the audience out? Any final words for the audience out there? No matter what age they may be, yeah, who's venturing out on this thing called life, who wants to know, is it worth the risk? Yeah. Quote from Michael Easter, who was on the Joe Rogan podcast like a little bit over a year ago. And uh, he wrote a book called The Comfort Crisis, which I have not read um, yet, but he, I read it. He, his quote was, greatness seldom rises from perch of comfort and ease. Mm-hmm. That's a, that quote is very, you know, a good kind of theme of the situation that uh, this, this topic we're discussing is got to be willing to go out of your comfort zone take some risks. And I think while you'll get some bumps and bruises and there will be failures associated with that. Um, in the long term, the success and the growth you'll have are, are well worth it. Yeah. You know what? If, and if anything else, just do it for the sake of feeling alive. I Damn mean, right. we are so far removed from our caveman ancestors, every day for them was a risk, right? Just to leave the cave, they could have been mauled to death. Sleeping. They didn't. Sleeping, sleeping. was a risk. Shutting your eye when you could potentially be they, eaten. Yeah. I mean, life was a risk. Yep. But they fucking lived. And I know that they lived because we're here. They lived and it was, it was a, such a life of purity. And that was because every day, was a new adventure every day was a risk worth taking to live was a risk worth taking so if anything else folks do it to feel alive and thank you for listening to a tall glass of podcast cheers buddy cheers